Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. In mingled time there and thinking about how often we come to God and we tell God, I'm going to do this and I'd like you to bless it. When the best way to live your life is to come to God and say, God, what are you doing? And what are you saying? That's why at the end of this service, I've got a whole team of people And as many of you as want to, we will stand with you and pray with you that God will breathe afresh on your life, afresh on the vision that He's put inside of you. And if uh, once we get into that, perhaps you'll understand what I mean by vision. I don't mean that you've got something written down and that's called point by point, but perhaps it's just a sense of your calling, what God has for you to do. And so... Uh, that's going to be right through January on all of that. I think next Sunday morning, uh, Lord willing, I'm speaking on timing and uh, how important timing is for our life, the things that you can know and the things you'll never know. And then the week after that, I think it's on trust. And when I say I think, it's because I've learned not to kind of tell God what I'm going to speak on. Uh, But this morning's on a refreshed vision. Now, I've called it that because most of us don't need a fresh vision as in a different one. What we really need most of the time is for God to refresh the vision that He put in our hearts. Here in my hand here is a newsletter from the very beginning days of this church. That's back in the day when we used to print these every week. We'd write in there all the stuff that was going on and all the gatherings that were happening and uh, all the stuff in there and, and, you know, just a whole lot of stuff. Well, I've kept one of these. But, you know, right at the very beginning of this church's life, we wrote down and we told everyone on day one that what God had for us as a church, that He wanted a place where everyone from the chairman of the board to the person with the least economic strength would be able to come with people of all backgrounds. We never anticipated that we'd have such a multinational church. We didn't set out to do it. We never set out to do any of that. We simply set out to say, God, would you like to build a church where everyone's welcome, where people aren't judged by what they wear or what they own, but where every single person can come and encounter you in a powerful and a real way. And I need you to know today, right at the very beginning, that God doesn't change His mind like we do. God hasn't changed His mind. Listen to me. God hasn't changed His mind about you. He called you knowing your faults. He called you knowing your weaknesses. He called you knowing what your future would look like. The mistakes you'd make, the detours you'd take. He knew all of that and yet He called you. And at no point did He say, well, that's enough. That's too much. Uh, I'm going to forget about them now. He's never changed His mind about your calling. No matter what mistakes you've made, I believe that God has His calling, His hand on your life for a good thing. He's never changed his mind about his church. The church is still on the earth to be salt and light. The church is still on the earth to be able to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not just here to do good works. We are here to present Jesus. And when God told us as a church to win the lost and to grow the saved, He doesn't change His mind a few months later. That's why we've never had a vision Sunday in the life of this church. 
at least not a Sunday call that where we tell you all that's going on because the vision has remained the same since day one. Now we are having on the 5th of February, Future Sunday, where I'm going to spread out for you some of the strategy that I believe God has put in our hearts for this year. But the vision remains the same no matter what. God is still reaching. God is still calling. God is still empowering. And God is still building His church. In the very last book of the Bible, in the last chapter of the last book, and in the fifth last verse, that's almost the last thing God wanted to say to humanity. He says this in Revelation 22 and verse 17. He says, the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit and the Bride, that's us, the church, the body of Christ, the Spirit and the Bride say, come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. I get dismayed sometimes when I hear churches speaking or pastors or Christian leaders speaking as though God is saying, hold it a minute. Or I'm not sure about you or your group. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. And let him or her who hears say, come. And let him or her who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let them come and take the water of life freely. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. So we know that God never changes His mind. Secondly, we know that everyone is called to and for His purpose. It doesn't matter who you are. You are called by God. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. I've quoted it many times over the years. It says, Who has saved us and called us. Everyone say us. He's called us, not you, not the person on the platform. He saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. Everyone say, it's not my works. It's not my works. It's not how good I am. It's not my talent, my skill, my ability, my Holy Spirit gifting or anything else. He's called us with a holy calling according to His purpose. Everyone say His purpose. It's not my purpose. It's His purpose and grace. I'm so glad He included in there that word grace. I'm so glad He put in there, Jeff, it's not just about purpose and you'd better walk the right line. He says, my purpose is covered in grace, born in grace, surrounded by grace, led by grace, filled with grace. Grace is the way the kingdom of God operates, which was given to us, given to us, which was given to us, which was given to us, which was given to us. Have you got it yet? Grace that was given to us. Grace that we did not earn. Grace that I didn't deserve. Grace that I didn't work for. Grace that I didn't accumulate enough points to get, but a grace that was given to us in Christ Jesus before time even began. Long before you started, he said, I'm going to give grace to Chris Brittenden. He said, I'm going to give grace to John Clannamans. He said, I'm going to give grace to David Hall. He said, I've got it set up. It's like God's got this massive warehouse filled with grace and it's got your name on it, and you haven't done anything yet. You haven't even gotten saved yet. You're not even born yet. But He put grace there for you. Even before time began, grace was there for you and grace was there for me. That's why Romans chapter 11, verse 29 is so incredible. 
It says God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty. Oh, oh. Have you ever had something you bought and the warranty ran out and one month later you needed the warranty? You know what I'm saying? He says this, you know, the warranty I've given you, it's got no end date. There's no point in there where it says it's good for two years or good for three. It's good until you know enough of the Bible and then it stops. It's good enough until you make a really bad mistake and then it ends. He said God's gifts and God's calls are under full warranty, never cancelled, never rescinded in your life. Everyone's called, but we're not just called, we're called with that kind of a call. Here's the third thing. Get this, vision is never 100% clarity at the beginning. I'm not sure where 100% clarity kicks in, but all I know is I'm not there yet. Vision's never 100% clarity at the beginning. Genesis chapter 12, read this again. Because so many of us, we, we've got this idea of the way God works and He doesn't work that way at all. Now the Lord had said to Abram, who becomes Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house, watch this, to a land that I will show you. He doesn't say, here it is, here's the GPS coordinates. Now all you need to know is follow the map and go. He says, no, Abram, this is the way it works. I've called you. I'm telling you to leave where you are, leave your past, everything that's familiar and that you know about you. He says, I want you to get out of that and I want you to go to a place that I'm not even telling you about yet. There's no clarity for you. Can you imagine Abraham saying to Sarah, look, we're going to go. And she says, where to? And he goes, well, I don't know yet. And she says, well, you've got to be kidding. I'm not going then. Huh? My wife and I have this little thing sometimes because I'm a bit more adventurous, shall we say, when it comes to going, well, she'll say, why are you going that way? I go, because I've never been that way before. <laughs> and it kind of frustrates her a little bit because she wants me to follow the known path. I don't mean this is a, a disrespect of Rhonda at all. There's so many areas where Rhonda is phenomenal when it comes to being adventurous and phenomenal when it comes to faith. I've never met a more generous person in my entire life than that woman. She will give away anything to anybody. I'd buy a jewellery and then I'd find out that the church had some need, so she gave it away. And I'm going, well, but I bought that for you. And she says, yes, but God told me to give it. What do you say to that? I just go, well, good on you then. Well done. Excellent. Fantastic. I gave it to you. It was yours. You can do what you like with it. So when it comes to adventure like that, she certainly got it. But when it comes to driving somewhere, she doesn't want to kind of get away from all that stuff. And so you can imagine Abram saying to Sarah, we're going where? I don't know. When will we get there? I don't know. What's it going to look like? I haven't got a clue. Who's going to meet us? We don't know. See, he gets a vision from God, but he doesn't have clarity. Too many people make the mistake, I believe, of thinking if God calls you and if God tells you, you know what you're doing. Thank you for that laugh. Come to a land that I will show you. Why do I say all that? You can write this down, go to the bank on it. All vision, everyone say all vision. All vision requires obedience and faith. 
All vision requires obedience and faith. You are, listen to me, you're not going to follow God and know it all before you go. If following God means I'm going to trust Him. Following God means I'm going to lean into Him. Following God means I'm daily going to say, Lord, what are you saying to me? All vision requires obedience and faith. You know, for Christmas this year, Rhonda and I were given a special gift from our youngest daughter and her husband who've just had a beautiful baby uh, only a matter of what, four and a half, nearly five months ago. They sent us this. Have a look at this. Look at this beautiful picture. That's a jigsaw of baby honey. And I'd love to play you the video of her on the way to church this morning in the back seat of the car blowing raspberries. It's quite fun. So here we are, and that's what we want. We want something where you can see where every piece goes. You can see what the end picture looks like. And you just, you know, it's, it's, it's like it fits. There isn't a piece that goes maybe there, maybe somewhere or other else. That's what we want. But this is what God gives us. Huh? We want the first one. Put the first one up again. We want that one. Oh, look at it. It's beautiful. It's together. It's just perfect. And God goes, would you like a great vision? We go, yes, Lord. He says, good, here it is. And we go, how's that work? Well, i tell you how that works is what I do is I go through it and I pick out, first of all, anyone do jigsaws? Pick out all the edge pieces? Of course you do. You all know this. It's simple. Pick out all the edge pieces and you know, then I separate out the colours. So that one's got a lot of brown in it, so I'll put the brown there. And, and then, you know how you do a jigsaw? You get the border done, at least the edges, and then you start going, I wonder if this piece goes here. Can I tell you, your vision from God is going to have a lot of, I wonder if this piece goes here. Huh? Come on. Too many people, don't, they don't get this. No one tells them this. They think that if God leads them, mm, mm, you know that everything, all the ducks line up. I, I'm still trying to catch the ducks. They think all the ducks line up and it's all perfect. I'm not saying God's random. I'm saying, no, He gives you that and says, now follow me. Listen to me. Let me teach you. Let me show you. All vision requires obedience and faith. So don't wait until you know it all or even most of it. My father used to say to me before he passed away, he'd say, Jeff, there's so much to do. And I used to say, Dad, you better hurry up. Oh, there's still so much to do. I say, you better hurry up. Why? Because one day it's the end. And I don't want to have been waiting going, I should have. I wish I'd started. God, I believe, is interested in changing not only our lives, but the lives of others. So here's the fourth thing, is that God is always ready to move on those people that have a yes posture. God's always ready to move on someone. Listen, I'll show it to you. Because David, you know, the guy who killed Goliath, he was not the obvious choice to kill giants. The obvious choice was, first of all, his brothers and their fellow soldiers. They were the ones that were trained in combat. They were the ones that were ready to fight, supposedly. They should have been the one to put their hand up. 
What even more likely, I think, than them should have been the king, King Saul, because the Bible says that he was the giant of Israel. He was head and shoulders above every other person in the nation of Israel. He was also trained in combat. If anybody should have gone, it should have been King Saul. If anybody else should have gone, it should have been Eliab, David's eldest brother. But you know what? David was just, listen to me, David was just the first guy to say yes. 1 Samuel 17 verse 32. He said, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go. Your servant will go. You should go, but I'll go. Can I say to you this morning with all seriousness that some of us God will use and we weren't even his first choice. He might ask somebody else. He might have said to somebody else, they, they were more equipped than you, but you're just the, listen to me, you're just the first person to say yes. Oh, come on. You've got to get this this morning. It'll make your heart leap if you do. That God is willing. If I'm just, if I'm just saying to God, God, here's my yes. He goes, that's all I needed. I can use the least equipped, the least trained. I'm sure you would have preferred the biggest and the best trained, but they never said yes. You may not be the most qualified or the most experienced for that promotion at work, but some doors will just simply open because you're the first person to say yes to God. I could tell you stories of people in this church who have been elevated supernaturally time after time after time in their workplace. Why? Because for them, it's not a job. It's simply a means for what God wants to do in the lives of other people. And they just keep saying yes. God will create opportunity for the person that's got the yes posture. Amen. So God hasn't changed his mind. Everyone's called to and for his purpose. Vision's never 100% clarity. God's always ready to move on those with a yes posture. And here's the last one. God's breath gives life to impossibilities. Genesis chapter 2. And verse 7. Just put it up there on the screen. Have a read. I'll be back in a minute. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the earth. God got a bunch of dirt. And he formed it so it looked like a man. But here's the deal. It would just have been a sculpture apart from the end of that verse. Because it says, and then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And that's where man becomes a living being. The Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I'll cause breath to enter into you. You will live. I'll put sinews in you, flesh upon you, cover you with skin, breath, and you'll live. You'll know I'm the Lord. And so Ezekiel prophesies as the Lord commands him. And the first thing that happens is there's a gathering and the people get together. Can I tell you in the vision and the life of this church, there's got to be a gathering. But without the breath, the gathering is simply our congregation. What makes this church go? is not its organisational skill. It's not the gifting of the talent of the people that lead it or on staff or that lead in other areas. 
I'll tell you now, as sure as I stand here, I know what it is. It's that God continues to breathe. He's breathed since day one. He's breathed over the church. And He keeps on breathing year by year, week by week. We aren't tracking off yesterday plus 10%. But God's breath continues to go. And then verse 11, He said, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dry, our hope is lost. We ourselves are cut off. I have no hope for you for this world apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ. I do not know of anything that can change the hearts and lives of people like the gospel. I know that if you are born again, you get to become a new creature in Christ and old things have passed away and all things have become new. You are not perfect. You're on the journey to perfect. God begins to mature you and grow you. But I know that all of that doesn't come because we learn the Bible or because we learn the Ten Commandments or because we learn how to sing a song. It comes because the almighty breath of the Holy Spirit keeps breathing over the church, keeps washing over the church, keeps filling the people in the church. The breath of the Holy Spirit keeps on coming on us time after time. That's why worship is so important because worship is the breath of heaven flowing over the church. And when that happens, the impossible is no longer impossible. He breathes, verse 11 goes on, verse 12, therefore prophesy. And he says, I'm going to bring you up out of your graves. I'll put my spirit in you and you'll live. You know, there's so many people so activated about the world in which we live and all that's wrong with it. Can I just suggest that we need to come back to the simplicity of Jesus saved. We need to come back to the simplicity of saying that the gospel is the hope. Amen. We come back and we say, Lord, it's not in us. It's in you. He says, if you'll let me breathe on you, wonders are always the result. And I believe God wants to breathe again on you. You're part of this great vision. He wants to breathe on your family. He wants to breathe on your ministry. He wants to breathe on your calling. He wants to refresh that. That's why I've asked today that the team and we'll let you go. Those, some of you will have things you have to go to and et cetera, that's fine. And uh, some of you might say, I, I'm not really at a point where I want to do that right now. Then the cafe will be open for you. But I've asked a great team of people just to take time, however long it takes, on this beautiful first day of 2023. Say, God, I want to start it with you breathing. I don't know about the rest of you here. I've done church life too long to ever think I can do it without the breath of God. My hunger doesn't lessen as I get older. It deepens as I get older. Because I keep on discovering how little of me there is that's got the ability to bring change. Amen. May I never boast in anything except the cross of Jesus Christ. Some of you here that are a part of the service or that are with us online, you've never made the step to trust Jesus to be your Saviour. It's fine for us to have in the building out there as we do in huge letters. And sometimes I look out and I see people walking past like this. They walk up the sidewalk, the footpath, and they see written up there, Jesus, the hope of the world. But if I could add anything to it, this is what I would add. He's not just the hope of the world, He's your hope. 
He's not just coming to save countries, masses of people, multitudes. It's you that He's after. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I don't know of a better day to do that than today. Could we have every head bowed, every eye closed, down below, up in the balcony, if you're with us online? Would you just bow your head with me a moment? Some of you here that say, Jeff, I, need, I, I want to trust Jesus. I want to, I want to say yes to Him. I want to start the yes posture by telling Christ, you can have my life. I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to become a follower of Jesus from this day. If that's you and you're in the building, I'd love to pray with you. I'll talk to the people online in just a minute. But if you're in the building, would you just slip your hand up if you're saying, Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. Would you just lift it up and then put it back down again so I can see it and I'll pray with you right where you are. I'm going to help you this morning to say yes to Christ just wherever you are. Would you do that right now? Just wherever you are. Don't be shy. Thank you. You can put it down. Who else? Just wherever you are. You say, Jeff, thank you up there. I can see it. Yeah. Anyone else? Just wherever you are. Say, Jeff, today. I want to say, Jesus, would you be my Saviour? Let me pray this prayer and I'd love it if you're online and you're wanting to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this as well? Just say it loud enough so you can hear yourself pray the prayer. Say this after me, Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. Please come into my life and save me. I want to follow You for the rest of my life. Thank You, Jesus. Now you don't need to pray this, but Father, I'm praying for those people here and the ones online. I pray God it'll be more than a moment in a service where they lifted their hand, but there will be a profound life transformation taking place right now. Your Word says if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creature. So Lord, let them be in Christ today, we pray. In Jesus' name. If you're online with us, you can look this way, by the way, but if you're online with us, you'll see come up on the screen some details of how you can make your yes concrete. If you're in Australia, you simply text yes, why yes, to 0488 If you're outside of Australia or you want to get our help via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. And you know, we get these almost every week and sometimes the weirdest times of the day and night. I don't know if that's because they're overseas or whether we've had some though that have come in on the text line at 3am and I think somebody somewhere was up at late at night and they heard the message and then go, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And if you do that, our team here will send you, fits on one screen of the smartphone. They'll send you a Bible verse every day, different one. They'll send you a prayer, different one every day just to help you start following Christ. And we would love to send that to you. If you raise your hand in the building, you can do that as well, by the way. Or you can go to the Connect Hub and someone there will help you if you just simply say, I raise my hand. They'll know what to do. They'll be able to help you with that. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're with us on the Metro Church online platform, another one, uh, then you can simply click on the Yes button there for that. Amen. Well, we're going to sing together this song. One more time, thank you, team. Then if you need to go, and, I, and please, no guilt here. If you need to go, you just got to go. That's fine. Uh, while we're singing this, you can go. Pastor Bruce is ready to pray with people online. But I've got a team of people. 
uh, Pastor Ray and Kate, Michael and Linda are up on the balcony have come down. We've got Pastor Rhonda and myself and, uh, and Lynette and Andrea and I've got Nathan, thank you, Nathan and Tony, of course, they, uh, our prophetic team. Because I believe that God might want to speak to some of you and just give you a word that'll set you up for the year that's to come. And mightn't be complicated, or maybe it is, I don't know. We'll just pray whatever God gives us. And we'd love to stand with you and believe that this year to come, God will breathe and turn your dirt that you're about to take away. Turn it into something magnificent. Thank you. There you go. No one wanted to stand up. Come on, let's stand together and sing this song. We'll sing it through once and then if you've got to go, you feel free. Then the host team are going to help us for those that want prayer. I'd love it if the team had come that are going to pray. Would you come and just stand across the front? Thank you. Thank you, Michael and Linda, they're coming. Nathan, you can either sing and come down in a minute. Great. We'd love to pray with you. Just believe God that something special will happen in your life. What a great way to start 2023. On a hill in Israel, mercy spoke for me. Mercy spoke for me. Mercy spoke for me. It was on Golgotha's tree. His death brought liberty. His death brought liberty. Oh, His death brought liberty. May I never boast in anything except the cross of Jesus Christ. May I not forget the blood He shed it is by His death I am alive. May I never boast in anything except the cross of Jesus Christ. May I not forget the blood He shed. It is by His death I am alive because of Christ. I am alive. Father, we thank you this morning for your great grace. I pray for people like this brother online, Lord, who's talking about the mess that his life has been. Thank you for the courage for him to step up from where he is and say, I need help. God, I believe that today you'll minister to him. People online, there's no distance in the Spirit. God.